Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. If you have your Bibles and can stand with me, Psalm 139. The correct uh, way to say that would be the 139th Division of Psalm. Is that right? 139th Division of Psalms. It doesn't have chapters. Verses 13 through 18. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 18. The psalmist writes, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are the thoughts, are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Father, we love you today and we praise you. And we thank you, Lord, that you have made us the way we are. And God, no one knows us like you do. And I pray today we'll open our, our hearts and our lives to you. That we allow the Spirit of God to do a search in our hearts. And God, if there be any wicked way in us, Lord, cleanse us from that. And we'll give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> For those who don't know or realize, maybe forgotten, today has been set aside as a Sanctity of Life Day. And our topic this morning is the sanctity of human life. I agree with a pastor who once said, isn't it strange that we have to set aside a day to remember human life? How many knows that God values human life? He values your life. He values my life. And I'm hoping these statistics are correct. They're not my own. But according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service website, there are about 388 endangered animals and 129 threatened species. And it amazes me that, uh, that our nation, Americans, have gone out of their way to protect all kinds of life. And yet of all those kinds of life they're trying to protect, they have overlooked one species. And my friend, we have failed to protect human life. And God is not pleased. You've been familiar, we're familiar with Roe versus Wade, passed in 1973. And since that time, over 500 million babies have been aborted. Now that would be 1.5 million per year, 4,000 babies a day, 
and one baby every 20 seconds. Now, I realize that in June of 2022, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. But my friend, the problem is still there. Abortion is still a major problem in our nation. Now, according to Axios and their, and their uh, figures, their surveys, they tell us that nationwide legal abortions have only come down 3% since Roe versus Wade was overturned. Only 3% a year. So that means that now, after two years now, after Roe versus Wade have been overturned, almost two years, now every year, 1,455,000 babies are aborted. 3,380 babies a day. And that's if the 3% figure is correct. And now, rather than one baby every 20 seconds, it's one baby every 25 seconds. In fact, depending on how long I preach, 116 babies will be aborted by the time I'm finished. So what do we mean when we say sanctity, sanctity of life? Well, sanctity means a quality of being holy or being sacred. So the sanctity of human life means that human life is set apart from all other life. I hate to break your heart, but your dog is not human. And definitely your cat is not. We are different. Human life is unique. You know why? Because we're created in the image of God. It, it is totally unique. I'm going to look at for a moment the mystery of life. And this is not original with me, this part here, but I thought it was a great statement one preacher made during his message. And he said this, No one has ever seen life itself. Its secret is hid with God. Scientists are searching for life, but find it not. No one has ever seen life leave the body. Life itself leave the body. So life indeed is a mystery. Life is hidden in God. And only God can search the deep mysteries of life. And the argument we hear today in the abortion debate, the question we hear asked is, well, when does life begin? When does life begin? How many know that your opinion doesn't matter? Neither does mine. But the opinion of God... His word matters. And we find the answer to that here in our text. I want you to notice again, 
Psalm 139, verses 13 through 18. And I'll try to emphasize some things. Notice verse 13. The Bible says, For you formed my inward parts. Who's the you there? It's God. God formed our inward parts. Second of all, the psalmist says in verse 13, You covered me in my mother's womb. The psalmist admits in verse 14, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Verse 15, the psalmist said, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth. The psalmist said in verse 16, Your eyes saw my substance even before they were formed. And in your book, they all were written. Also says, the days were fashioned for me before they even began. In verse 17, your thoughts are precious to me, Lord. How great is the sum of them. And the psalmist said this, when I, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. If my understanding of what I just read in your hearing this morning from the Word of God, and by the way, this is our final authority, it stands alone. From what I read in Jeremiah especially, life begins before conception. It begins with God. God told Jeremiah, before you were formed in the belly, I knew you. I knew you before you came out of the womb. We're not going to take time to read from the first couple chapters of Genesis this morning, but if you've been, been reading there at all, you know that from those two chapters, it's there we find of all God's creation, humanity was a crowning glory of his creation. Folks, you and I are unique in the eyes of God. And I want to say today, say it clearly, in God's eyes, every life matters. Every life matters. And so that's the mystery of life. It's hidden in God. Now I realize science has come a long way and, and they have all kinds of ways to, to monitor the develop of the, uh, of the, uh, baby in the womb and, uh, know, know when the arms and the legs, when they breathe, when they can, uh, they can hear their certain time, uh, they hear, they can hear the mother even speak. While they're in the womb. And I read that, what a great thing that is. 
But my friend, the mystery of life itself is still in God's hands. It is hidden with God. So we see the mystery of life. Second of all, I want to look at the mockery of life. Again, Psalm 139, verses 19 through 22. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. I find it kind of interesting that the psalmist here, in verse 19, describes wicked people. And he says in verse 19 that these wicked people are bloodthirsty people. They speak against God wickedly. They take his name in vain. And they also... Rise up against him, and they hate God. And my friend, what we're seeing going on in our nation today, a lot of what's going on is in direct rebellion against God. They're rising up against God, and they are making a mockery of life. A Presbyterian theologian once wrote these words, An evil heart if not restrained by divine grace, is certain to act wrongly. My friend, we need to guard our hearts. And what we have in America is not a political problem. We've got a heart problem. And my friend, you cannot legislate righteousness. It has to be done in the heart. And that's why we must preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Proverbs 4.23 The Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said this in verse 19. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. So the Bible teaches us that murder is a mockery of life. Genesis 4, verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. So Cain was guilty of murder. Guilty of murder. Now, I also want you to realize Not all killing is murder. And we have to remember, there are certain instances of killing, such as self-defense, also national defense, capital punishment. They are not the same as murder. Now, by the way, how many know? That God says a life for a life, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. Now that does not mean, that does not mean you have to go that far. What it does mean, you cannot go farther than that. 
Okay? There's got to be equal justice there. And you'll find capital punishment in the Word of God. And it is not murder. There's a total difference in that. Luke 22, verse 36. Jesus, talking to the disciples, he said to them, But now, he that has a purse, let him take it. And likewise his scrip, and he that has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. What's Jesus saying? You need a sword. Not to be aggressive, but the time is coming. You will need it for protection, to protect yourself. Romans 13, the first four verses. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whosoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist, notice this, will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. So there we see that God has ordained government. And by the way, there's only three institutions ordained by God. Number one was a family. Number two was government. And number three was a church. Do you ever ask yourself a question, why in the world did God ordain government? You know why? Because he knew we couldn't take care of ourselves. Amen. We can't be left our own ideas. We have to have government to rule over us. Now, are they all good? We know they're not. But understand, government is ordained by God. So while murder is wrong, not all killing is wrong, because even the government has a right to bear the sword. Now, don't say, preach, well, the Bible says the commandment, thou shall not kill. Well, that's not really the best word. It really means thou shall do no murder. There is a difference between killing and a difference between murder. Murder is a mockery of life. But also, not only murder is a mockery of life, suicide is a mockery of life. Matthew chapter 27, verses 3 through 5. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the piece of silver in the temple, and departed, and went and hanged himself. Now we'll talk more about suicide in another form a little later on. But suicide is a mockery of life. The Bible said in Deuteronomy, I don't have the verse there, Alan, but it says that the blood, the life is in the blood. And we have to be careful about that.
about taking a human life. But not only is murder a mockery of life and suicide a mockery of life, infanticide is a mockery of life. Matthew 2, verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked with the wise men, was exceeding wroth. And he sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So what was going on? Nothing less than infanticide. Infant homicide. The intentional killing of infants or offspring. And folks, we have to realize infanticide has been a widespread practice throughout human history that was mainly used to get rid of unwanted children. Hear me well. Abortion is a form of infanticide. A form of the murder of children. It is wrong in the eyes of God. Now remember, God told Jeremiah, we read it earlier, that before I formed you, God said, I knew you. I knew you in the womb. I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you before you were born. I set you apart. I ordained you to be a prophet long before you were born, Jeremiah. God knows this, folks. Life The mystery of life is in God. Murder is a mockery. Suicide is a mockery of life. Infanticide is a mockery of life. And abortion is part of that, a form of that. But also euthanasia is a mockery of life. The first time I remember hearing that term euthanasia, I was a senior in high school, and I never, I'd never heard that before. And I, I, I thought, well, what does that mean? What's that got to do with Asia? Uh, you know, I, did, I really didn't know. I ne- I'd never heard it before. And uh, but what it wasn't long, you know, you, and most of you remember uh, Dr. Jack Kevorkian, also known as Dr. Death. And uh, he became infamous because... Um, his physician-assisted suicide, known as euthanasia or mercy killings. Now think about this. Now remember, all light is precious to God. I did some research about euthanasia. Now, by the way, um, I did some reading on Dr. Kaborkian. Uh, they finally outlawed it in certain states. He assisted uh, probably t- 20 or 21 people in their suicide. Uh, they know at least one, once it started, regretted it, and it couldn't be stopped. And uh, But anyway, he was finally arrested. Uh, first time he was arrested, he went on a hunger strike, and uh, he got so weak they let him out. And uh, it wasn't long after that, he, uh, actually he had promised to not to do it anymore. Well, it wasn't long. He did it again. And they arrested him a second time. And he spent several months in jail over that one. And finally, uh, some years later, uh, he was convicted of murder. 
for giving a lethal injection of some kind of a drug uh, after he had lost his medical license. And he was sentenced to 25 years in prison, and he served eight of those years before he was released on good behavior. He died, I think, in 2011. But I want, I want you to think about that. You know, uh, early on there was, you know, that even the doctors had certainly uh, who were ethical had reservation about that because, you know, their their creed that they agreed to was to help people, not to hurt. And so that was one reason that the medical society kind of stood against it. And, of course, he was kind of withdrawn from that, which is evident. But I, I did some research. And as of... June 2021, hear me, nine states have now legalized euthanasia. And I hope I don't have to tell you what their, who their leaders are, which party they're in. Figure that on your own. Since 2016, several states have made moves to legalize the practice a physician-assisted suicide. And like I said, so far, nine states and the District of Columbia have legalized assisted suicide. Now, it amazes me how people try to find a reason. Isn't that true? It amazes me that on the abortion side, one side says pro-choice. They don't tell you pro-killing or pro-murder, which it really is. Give us a right to choose. But when we think about physician-assisted suicide, the reason behind that is uh, that legislation is to allow the government to have a better handle on this. So they will know what is happening. And so their rationale about euthanasia is this way it will be more carefully done. Leviticus 19, verse 32. You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. Do you know what the Bible teaches? Life is precious in the womb all the way to the grave. The young, the middle-aged, and the all life matters to God. All my life matters to God. Whenever uh, some years ago now, when my brother-in-law and sister were in Bible college, he came home, they were home one time on, on leave or vacation, whatever, not leave, not the military, but uh, he said, what do you think about situation ethics? And uh, another term I'd not heard much about, and, but situation ethics teaches that there is no right or wrong before you actually enter a situation. Does that make sense? That's what it is. That's what it means. 
There's no right or wrong before you enter into a situation. So situation ethics teaches that once you're in the thick of it, whatever it is, you do it. It is right as long as love is a guiding factor. That is, in any moral situation, if you do the loving thing, then it is right. And people who are advocates of situational ethics, they always quote from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 and 10. Now, we're going to have some verses here in a minute on the, on the, on the overhead. But they mainly say this, that if you love your fellow man... You have fulfilled the law. And love is the fulfillment of the law. So they say, if you go into a situation, no matter what it is, and if you do the loving thing, then you fulfill the law of God. Well, there's a problem with that thought. And the problem with situational ethics, and the place where most people go wrong, is when they say, do the loving thing. But the catch is, they never define the loving thing. So what is the loving thing? So what happens normally with situational ethics is once they're in the situation, they end up doing not the loving thing, but the selfish thing. This is what I want. My body, my choice. The selfish thing. Now, it is true that the Word of God says we're to do the loving thing. But it doesn't stop there. Reminds me of a story Chuck Swindoll told some years ago as he was visiting an art museum. And he said they had a picture there or a port or something there on display. And it said, quoting from the book of Galatians, For we are all the children of God, dot, dot, dot. Well, what that means is there's the rest of a the verse. They didn't show you that. The verse is who were in Christ Jesus. But they want to imply that everybody is a child of God, born again. Not true. And so those that say the Bible says it's a loving thing to do, that's right. But it doesn't stop there. Romans 13, verse 8. The Bible says, Oh, no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. There it is. We told you so. Do the loving thing. But also the next verse, that's what they don't tell you about. Because in verse 9... The Bible defines what the loving thing is. Look what it says. Romans 13, 9. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
So yes, the Bible is saying that in every situation, we should do the loving thing, but then the Bible defines what that loving thing is. Because if we truly love someone, we won't murder them. Amen? If we truly love someone, we will not steal from them. If we truly love someone, we will not commit adultery with them. My friend, those are the loving things. If we love, we won't kill. Because that's what situational ethics teach you. Do the loving thing, but it's come, it's not that anymore. It's do the selfish thing. And the great thing about Christianity is it not only tells you and I to do the loving thing, it also tells us what the loving thing is. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, I just talked about the dot, 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 and I've got one there. But Jesus, I can give you life and life more abundantly. That's the rest of that verse. You see the thief. He comes to kill. And he comes to destroy. And my friend, what's going on today in our nation is not of God. It is not of God. And when I think about euthanasia, the most powerful Christian argument, biblical argument, against euthanasia, and hear me well, the most powerful argument is death is not the end. Think about that. Death is not the end. The last few years have been kind of hard for me. I, I watched my brother die. In and out of the hospital. And I know what some of my family were thinking. Just, just let him go. And I finally said, look, uh-uh, I can't. Because I'm not sure he's ready to meet God. And my friend, that's an argument I have because he's in Asia. That's not the end. If that person is not saved, as bad as they may feel here, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. You see, thank God that one day, through the death of Jesus Christ, God intervened in our world. And because of his death and resurrection for our sins, that means that through the eyes of faith, we can look forward to a new world after death. A better world where there is no more death. There's no more mourning. There's no more crying and no more pain. And glory to God, I'm glad that one day that'll be my home. How about you? But my friend, that's not true for everybody. It is not true for everyone because those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, euthanasia is not a merciful release at all. But my friend is propelling them towards a judgment for which they're not prepared to meet. It would be the worst thing we could ever do for them. So that's the mystery of life. And all those things we talked about are a mockery. 
But notice the mastery of life. We already read the first 12 verses. We're not going to read them again. To be born once makes us a member of the human family. To be born twice makes us a member of God's family. And those who are of the family of man, one writer said, are about two-thirds alive. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We read the first part of John 10.10 a moment ago. Look at the second part. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God wants us to be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came not just so we could have life, but we could have life more abundantly. And my friend, that's the mastery of life. And I want to say today, don't feel sorry for me. God's blessed my life. I know what the abundant life is like, and so do you. And I pray that you experience that every day, the life that God wants you to have. And when I think about the mastery of life, there's a couple other things about that from our text today in Psalm 139. I think it's important that we see, folks, it's a privilege to be saved today. A privilege to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the meaning of life, Psalm 139, the first three verses. Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsetting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compass my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all, acquainted, acquainted with all my ways. How many know God knows all about you? Amen. And every time, and I read, by the way, I read Psalm 139 every morning, first thing, before I even do my other Bible reading. And every time I read that, I said, Lord, you know everything about me. You still love me. He still loves me. And what's, what's more interesting to me and more mind-boggling, he wants to know everything about me. He wants to know everything about me. Now, i got news for you. That's why I'm not on Facebook. I don't want to know everything about you. Amen. But God does. He cares about everything about us. Psalm 139 is a psalm of David. Most of you are familiar with his son, Solomon. And Solomon spent a lifetime looking and searching for meaning to life. And look at his conclusion, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments, for this is 
the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, let me put that in context here. This is Solomon who wrote earlier in that book, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you might die. But before he signs it off, he said, well, let me remind you, though, while you're eating, drinking, be merry, know this, you better know God. And the second thing you better know, while you're eating, drinking, and being merry, write it down. He didn't say that. But know for sure that everything you do will be judged by God. So while you're doing all those things, remember this. That's the meaning of life. But notice the mission of life. Psalm 139 again, verse 17 and 18. Oh, don't you love this? How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. How precious are your thoughts, Lord. And not just your thoughts to me, but my thoughts to you. Many of you here, many of you here, uh, here this morning are on a, a prayer link that I send out every morning. And uh, I go to bed at night. The last thing in my mind is one of my, my prayer for the next morning. First thing I wake up. This morning I thought about the time when I'll be transported. And that song came to that hymn, that old hymn. So I kind of gave that to God as a prayer. Because my thoughts are about him. He's been so good to me. And one of these days, we're going to see him face to face. So the mission of our life is to think God thoughts after him. And that's, that's the key element of discernment. And, and if we don't, if we fail to think God's thoughts after him, will begin following a philosophy that's based on humanism. And my friend, that will lead you down the wrong, the wrong road. We've got to think God's thoughts. Because either self is on the throne of our life, or Jesus Christ is on the throne of our life, one or the other. And unless we are trusting and obeying Him, unless we are submitting to His Word, we are blazing a trail outside the will of God. And more than anything else, I want to come to a time when I stand before God and I hear Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's the longing of my heart. The meaning of life, the mystery of life, the mission of life, the music of life. Psalm 139. Verse 23 and 24. 
This ought to be our prayer today, folks. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Preacher, why in the world do you choose the thought of music of life? My question is, are you in tune with heaven? Am I in tune with heaven? And that's why David prayed, God, search me. God, know my heart. Lord, try me and know my anxieties. Know what I worry about. Know my thoughts. And Lord, if there's any wicked way in me, David said, Lord, lead me in the way everlasting. So where does that leave us when we come to this topic of the sanctity of life? I think the Bible is clear. The overriding truth that God is sovereign drives us to one conclusion. That abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide are wrong. They are wrong in the eyes of God. And the last time I checked, the mortality rate of human beings is 100%. We are going to die unless Jesus comes back first. But hear me well. Hear me well. God alone is sovereign over when and how a person is to die. God alone has a final say over death. Abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, they are all man's attempts to usurp the authority from God. And my friend, our nation is on a slippery slope. Oh, I see it's time to quit. Did you know we are in an election year this year? I know you're surprised. And I know we have one, I almost said denomination, one party who leans one direction and one who leans toward the other. So what I'm going to tell you is simply both both biblical. But the problem I'm seeing happening, I think if my statistics are right, today in America, six out of ten people believe abortion is okay in any circumstance. More than half. And I suspect that over the next few years it's going to get even more than that. And I'm afraid... Just because of votes, they might start going that direction, political parties. 
May God help America. May you and I stand up and be a a voice for God's truth. May we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, share that good news with everyone we come in contact with. Because my friend, that's the only way we're going to change America. Let's stand together. Lord, help us to continue to observe the sanctity of human life. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much today. And Lord, you know it's been a tough, tough message for me to preach. Lord, you know what I see breaks my heart. Because I know what's going on in our world, in our nation, in our community, breaks the heart of my God. And Father, I know you're in charge and you're sovereign. And Lord, I, I am so finite and you are infinite. So Lord, I, I just simply trust you and put it into your hands and help me to leave it there. And Father, we are so thankful for your son who intervened in our world and he came and died for our sins. That we might be saved from our sins and have that abundant life. And I pray, Lord, for our loved ones and our friends who are without Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would open their eyes, their blinded eyes. And I know Satan has blinded their eyes. And I pray, Lord, they would run to you, confess their sins, confess you as their Lord and Savior, and make them Lord of of their lives. And Father, we praise you for that, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to come and pray this morning, you can do that. You can pray where you are. The church, we need to pray for our nation.